So not too heavy of a news week, kind of like last week, but yeah, there's some interesting stuff. It's going to be a little slow in all regards here this week. Yeah, but uh, we had uh, talked about kind of how bad some of the theaters are getting hit, and uh, AMC had a quarterly report, and it's for all intents and purposes really, really fucking hurting. Yeah, I'd say a fucking oh. quarterly earnings report, $900 million in losses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and to put that into perspective, um, back when everything was going good for them, um, they reported a net loss of $54 million. So that is uh, quite the jump. Yeah, I would say they are uh, definitely not in a good position right now. No. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and I feel bad for, like, the CEO guy, because, like, during the call, he's, like, trying to play it cool, and he's, like, talking with them, and he's, like, yeah, like, all we have to do is just raise a little bit of money, and we'll be just fine, and I'm, like, uh, a little bit, like, you mean a fucking lot? Yeah. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah, th- things are definitely not looking good in the uh, in the movie theater business. I uh, I'm really happy I don't own one. <laughs> yeah, which me, like yeah. ten years ago would have been like a dream for me. Yeah, yeah, like I have uh, I have had opportunities to do that, and I passed on it twice. And <laughs> looking back now, I'm like, all right, maybe that was a kind of a wise decision. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it really, uh, I think it lends credence to the theory that it might be movie studios that end up fucking dumping money into these uh, different theater chains here. Yeah, I feel like, like if they're not able to get the funding elsewhere, uh, they're going to have to make some calls to like some studios and be like, yo, if you still want your stuff in theaters, you know, when we cross the pandemic hump, you're going to have to help us out. Cause, well, I mean, like, yeah. like obviously they didn't. They need an influx of capital, right? Like, there's, yeah, there's no denying that. And typically, if you need an influx of capital, capital, you like sell off some more shares or something to that, or you reach out to some investors, and you get like an an injection of cash flow. But I mean, given their fucking quarterly earnings report, I can't imagine anyone rushing to buy their stocks, especially given the fact that the bid pandemic is like worse now than it was ever we're at the worst situation we've ever been with the pandemic with no signs of slowing down no so you'd have to be pretty stupid to buy any stocks in in amc or any of these other theater companies and then on top of that if i'm an investor and they're like hey do you want to invest in our theater (laughs) by the way almost all of our fucking theaters are actually closed right now we have no idea when we'll be able to reopen and every movie that's slated to air this year has been pushed to unknown dates in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Like no investor is going to be dumping money into that. Like, no, like they would have to, they would have to find some sort of funding firm that really believes in the theater business to get them to dump money into it, which I, I don't know what that world looks like, but I'm guessing there's not a whole lot of people, which leaves them with like, 
if they're not going to get like some sort of a government bailout, you know, then yeah, maybe it's movie studios that end up helping them. I mean, yeah, a lot can change over, you know, the next several months. We'll just have to keep watching to see how this plays out, but uh, it doesn't look good for them, and it doesn't look good in terms of uh, recouping money through traditional means of opening up theaters and stuff like that, because the thing is, is like, the the like there's a theater, a couple theaters that are, you know, all within five minutes of me. They are still open but they're not doing so hot because there are no new movies to play. Yeah, right? exactly. Like like all the movie theaters near me, they're like going through like a back catalog of movies from like the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Anything that they can get the rights to play in their theater. But the thing is, is like, you know, in the height, in the height of a pandemic, why would I pay $8 to go see Back to the Future when I can just open up Netflix? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's... Yeah, like I think the, yeah, I'm real curious, um, you know, how this looks on their next quarterly reports in like January, Probably January, worse. February, yeah, like I'm curious if they, if they're able to get something by then, because, uh, yeah, with things ramping up, like, they're just going to have to close more, so they're not going to be able to open more, so crazy yeah pretty wild times yeah and then their pals cinemark um revealed a dynamic plan to shorten theatrical windows for upcoming films which i think is probably a good call um yeah essentially what they're saying is they're also reporting losses and stuff like that um he basically said they're adopting the dynamic rules like when it comes to exclu- exclusivity windows um kind of like that AMC deal with Universal where it's like instead of having it be there you know for 3 months or whatever like that they're going to kind of play it by year and say okay well let's not do be real firm on that so it just it seems like everything is moving forward to what we've discussed previously where it's going to be like big bucks to purchase a movie and watch it in the comfort of your own home. I think we are like yeah. every day we are inching closer and closer to that becoming a, a reality. Yeah, I agree. Like, like a month and a half ago when, you know, things weren't ramping back up again, I would have said, okay, you know, like yeah, maybe it's starting to lean that direction, but now like most places are just ramping back up again. You know, it's like, okay, they're probably going to have another year of this. Um, so that's kind of like, yeah, I think that's the direction it's heading into is just VOD. Yep. Pay pay us 20 bucks like Mulan was and watch it, um, which I'm kind of all for. Yeah, like I, I really hope that like when the pandemic, like when we finally get things under control and there's, you know, a vaccine or a shot for it and we can kind of work towards getting everyone a vaccine and the herd immunity and stuff and then things kind of go back to the way they were. I'm really hoping that theaters, someone like, you know, there's a resurgence of theaters that open and because I still like the option, but at the same time, yeah, like especially 
especially now, now more than ever, the convenience of having a few people over at your house splitting the cost of 20 or 30 bucks and watching yep. it at home on your own big screen. I don't know. It's hard to beat. Yeah, pretty much. And like, I agree. I do hope that there is some after this. And I think it might turn into a thing of like, okay, when all this is said and done, maybe there's not. You know, it's like you said, there's like, what, three theaters, you know, within five or ten minutes of you. You know, I bet it turns into like, there's one or two in the whole, you know, city center or something like that. Like, it maybe turns into a more boutique thing, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of a more like event type thing, not just like, oh, hey, let's go see a movie. But like, oh, let's make a plan and, you know, go see a movie, right? Maybe it turns into that. Yeah. But... Yeah, I think. Yeah. The studios are not going to have a place to put their movies, you know, which they've been so firm on like, no, th- these are going to have theatrical releases. You know, but the other side of it is like, yeah, but you can't do that if there's no theaters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which is looking like that might be the case. Um, so it's. Yeah. Yeah, not, it's uh, just a whole, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how this plays out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and good luck to the theaters. I wouldn't want to be the people running them. Nope. Or anyone who owns a lot of money in theater stock. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's uh kiss that goodbye. Well, and that's the other thing that, like, on top of them, like, because, like, they're publicly traded companies, a lot of them, right? So... Yeah. After an earnings report like that, where they're like, "Oh, yeah, we still don't have most of our theaters open. We've lost a bunch of money. There's nothing to stop anyone who owns stock to try and fucking dump them while they're still worth something. And if everybody does a mad rush to start dumping stocks, and the value drops yeah. even further, like that's just another fucking nail in the coffin." Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Like we 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 very well could be potentially looking at like the. The death of uh, theatrical cinema as we know it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like if things, if they don't get something, like I, I don't know how they, they go another year. You know. Yeah. Like it's, you can, you know, even you know, looking at that AMC, you know, just how big those losses were and stuff like that. You know, like if, if a few months from now everything just went back to normal, uh, that's recoverable, right? But stack three or four more quarters on top of that, <laughs> all of a sudden that's maybe not as recoverable, right? So it's, yeah, it's crazy times. Yeah. Don't uh, don't invest in theaters, folks. <laughs> I feel like that's a given at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I see uh, Tom Hardy, Pete Davidson, and Stephen James are all banding together for a Vietnam War drama titled yeah. The Things They Carried. Yeah. And what piqued my curiosity about this was Tom Hardy, because I like him. And I I like these kind of movies, so I was like, hmm, that's uh seems interesting enough. And I think the Vietnam era is there's a lot of stuff you can do in that kind of time frame right mhm for sure so it's i'm more curious about this like Pete Davidson like that just seems that's an interesting casting choice to me 
Uh, yeah, and he like he had that movie that he did. I was like kind of loosely based on him and like the King of Staten Island. Yeah. And now he's jumping into this like a serious war drama like yeah, and, and not to say it's not possible. It's just it's odd to think about because like you know, the King of Staten Island was like you said it's kind of like loosely based on his life and pulls a lot of comedy elements from it. And then other than that, I think he had a like a minor role in the Motley Crew Netflix film where he played like the agent. Oh, okay. And then I other than that. other than that, I mean it's Saturday Night Live, right? So Yeah. I don't know. Like he's he's a comedian and then he steps into more serious roles. I mean not to say that it's not doable, but I mean you don't very often see like the the big time names from SNL who are stand-up comedians and you know their whole life is comedy step into these serious roles this quickly anyway it's usually kind of like a gradual shift i think yeah me too um yeah it's definitely an odd choice and i mean it's also got bill skarsgård and a few other people in there like it's it's got some stronger cast members so maybe that's like i bet he's not a big lead you know, so maybe this is turns out to be a case where kind of your Tom Hardys and stuff can kind of elevate him a little bit, you know, as a side character. You know, where he's not having to do a bunch of the serious stuff, but maybe the little bit he does have to do, you know, he can kind of get, get an assist. Yeah, and that's definitely possible. I don't know. I guess the, the other thing that really kind of like made me curious about this was not even just the fact that it's a drama. But you have to imagine it's a pretty serious drama because, like, Tom Hardy doesn't just take roles for money, right? Like, no. when you look at the list of stuff, he always does interesting things where he gets to play unique and interesting characters. And he takes yep. his job very seriously. Yeah, he's so pretty if, method from yeah. what I remember hearing. So if this was just, like, your run-of-the-mill Vietnam War drama, I don't think he would have signed on. Like, there has to be something intriguing about this where Tom Hardy's like, yeah, yeah, I want to be a part of this. Yeah, for sure. So it's, yeah, it, it's like it's an odd choice that uh, that he, like, I gotta wonder what they, what the pitch was where, you know, the director was like, yeah, yeah, all right, Pete Davidson, come on, <laughs> like, because mm-hmm. you gotta think there was like someone saw something, so maybe that's the case is like. Maybe he read for it or something like that, and the director was like, "All right, you you seem all right for this. I don't know." But yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm curious. I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on this. Uh, yeah, as it I develops, because yeah, I'm yeah, just, I'm just fascinated by Pete Davidson being a part of this. And again, like this isn't a slam on Pete Davidson. Like I, no, he seems like a genuinely like solid fucking dude from everything I've seen. Like, you know, you see some of those people who get their their spot on SNL and their stand-up comics and it all kind of goes to their head and you know they get that level of stardom and yeah it's just over the top but like he seems like one of those people that like even though he has fame and he has money and notoriety that he's still down to earth kind of like he's still the Pete Davidson before he landed a a job on SNL like he's the same guy he was 10 years ago as he is now it's just now he's in movies and television and whatnot 
Yeah, for sure. I agree. So it's, yeah, it's, it's an odd choice. Um, yeah, I, I keep my eye on this and maybe get a sense when they have a trailer come out or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's just maybe some snippets in there that show them or something like that. Because I, I can't imagine that there's going to be a whole lot of comedy bits in this movie. You know, or if so, it's going to be maybe kind of that dark war comedy or something, right? So it's... Yeah. Yeah, nothing against him, but weird joys. Mm-hmm. So... But I like Tom Hardy. I'll watch I'll watch a movie with him. Yeah, for sure. He's he's definitely in that top threshold of actors that I enjoy watching. Yeah, for sure. And then we got Christopher Walken signing on to do a show with Apple. That I'm kinda getting a little bit excited about. It seems kinda cool. Uh, it it intrigued me because like I like Christopher Walken, but I haven't really yeah. seen him do anything that's like blown me away. Eh, fair enough. But uh, what what did intrigue me is uh, when I saw Adam Scott's in there. Yeah, yeah, and it's also uh, who else? Patricia Arquette and John uh, Turturro. Yeah, I don't so. don't overly care about either of those two. No, me neither, but they're solid enough people that I'm like, okay. Like at least you got some names attached to it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's it's all about Adam it, Scott, man. I feel yeah. like he's so underrated. Like uh, he was absolutely amazing in Parks and Recreation. Yeah. And I love and like, you know, the little roles that he played in like Step Brothers and whatnot, it was like, Yeah, I really like you. I wanna see you do more. And then he did that weird show. I can't remember. It was like a ghost hunting show. What? Yeah, it's, it was called Ghosted. Oh. And he so he did that show with uh, Craig Robinson. Okay. Where they were like ghost hunters, and it was not a very good show. <laughs> like I only caught like a couple episodes. I think they got one season out of it, and they were just like, okay, when well, it was on Fox, right? So of course Fox cancels everything. Yeah. So like that was kind of a bummer for me because like after his uh, his run on Parks, it was like I really want to see you do more because I like you as an actor. I think you're good. He signed on for that show. I was interested because I like Craig Robinson as well, but it was just not a very good show. And then he just kind of fell off the radar. And it's like, God, I hope you find something good soon, like to keep you relevant. Like I don't, I would hate to see you just kind of like, you know, float into the abyss. Yeah, yeah. Fall through the fall through the Hollywood cracks. Yeah. Well, it seems like maybe. It'll showcase kind of maybe his more serious side, because um, this is basically it's kind of like a like a suits esque kind of like drama, like business drama. Mm-hmm. So, and it looks like Adam Scott is playing like an employee with a shady past who's trying to kind of bring himself back up, you know, and then he kind of gets in with this company or something. So maybe this kind of shows up his non-comedy side where people are like, oh, Adam Scott, you're more than just that guy on Parks and Rec, right? You know, and he, if you've got someone like Christopher Walken with you as well, you know, that's, if if you can kind of bring your A game, you know, people are going to be like, okay, this guy can, uh, can stand with, you know, Christopher Walken, so, yeah, 
yeah i definitely am excited to see how this one plays out yeah 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 interesting choice to land on apple i mean apple is obviously paying the buku bucks to get uh you know a solid lineup going with them but yeah and i feel like apple shows have been real hit or miss you know like a lot of them a lot of people are like eh, then that wasn't that good you know and then i watched um that for all mankind space show that they had and i really really liked that show so i was like okay it seems like they kind of have a bunch of flops but maybe a good one here or there and I'm kind of hoping this is a good one. I don't think Apple TV is like that widespread because like I always hear of these shows and their exclusive Apple TV streaming deals and then I never hear of them or from them ever again. No, because if you don't have Apple TV, which I, like, I don't think a lot of people do, you know, usually where I hear about them is like on a news site or something where it's like, hey, premiering now on Apple TV. And I'm like, oh, wait, what's this? You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think it's very widespread, which maybe that's what's hurting it is people just like, I wonder how many, if you, you know, think of all the streaming ones, if you, you know, ask the average people like, oh, hey, if you like, do you have Apple TV? And they'd be like, that, that box under my TV. You'd be like, no, 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 the, the subscription. They'd probably be like, what? Yeah, exactly. And like, I know a few people that do have it, but they only have it because, like, they, in the last two years, bought an iPhone and got, like, a free six-month-year-year like subscription to Apple TV or whatever. And, like, that's the yeah. only reason. Yeah, and I feel like I never see promotions for their stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm trying to think, like... Like I may, like when the boys was coming out and stuff on Netflix, like I see ads all the time for stuff, you know. But it seems like I've never really seen ads for the Apple stuff. No. So maybe it's a case that they just need to like start to fucking advertise. Maybe I don't know. I I don't know. I I think Apple definitely relies a lot on their whole like, well, we're Apple. We right. don't need to do all this, you know promo or anything because we're apple and everyone knows apple and apple is apple and blah 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 but yeah and that works for phones but like because you know you think of phones right like apple's got the big dick in the room when it comes to streaming they don't you know so it's like uh, taking that mentality is like oh well we're apple streaming people are going to be like okay but like you're not netflix you're not amazon prime yeah, like, yeah, that, that that's just it. You know, so it's maybe it's that mentality bleeding into this where they're just like, we're Apple. Like people are just gonna come to it, and people are just like, you're not Netflix. Like you're not gonna get us to s- just swap over because you have four shows. Well, and the other curious thing is like, I feel like they're alienating their potential audience for apple tv because as far as i'm aware i think you can like i know you can obviously get apple tv on ios and on like the actual apple tv box but like right i just did a quick google play search you can't get the apple tv streaming service on android not that i can find no and i'm just i'm googling right now like all the ways you can watch apple tv plus so and it maybe seems like it's like web apple devices and like smart boxes that have the app 
<laughs> but that's like the <laughs> the biggest like smart boxes is by all accounts like Android TV, either through yeah. the the new Google TV or like an Nvidia Shield, yeah, or Fire TV, like Amazon's Fire Stick or Fire Cube. So it's on that, which and is, it's on Roku, and that's it. Which is so fucking bizarre because the Fire TV sticks and the Fire TV boxes is just a skinned version of Android. Yeah. So how you would yeah. be able to get it on those services but not on an actual Android service is, I don't understand. Yeah, and it seems like it's on smart TVs too. And considering oh. when you look globally at like the most used operating system in the world, Android has like a 70-some percent market share. Like it yeah, is the much. widest available and most used like mobile platform in the world and you don't have an app for it? Yeah, and that seems like that really pretentious Apple um, mentality because like I look at their supported things and they're like, watch Apple Plus TV online and they're like, this is how you watch it on a non-Apple device and they're like, go to the website. <laughs> and it's like, no, like I'm not going to do that. If I can't open up an app on my phone, you know, to Chromecast or whatever, like, or... Or whatnot, like it's yeah. You need the convenience yeah. factor. It was the same thing that killed Quibi, <coughs> yeah. Pretty other much. things, but uh, yeah, Quibi had a lot of problems, but uh, yeah. But I mean, like that, and Quibi wasn't known either, and didn't have the same kind of money, resources, and name recognition that Apple does. But I mean, if you look at it just from like a a surface level, Quibi yeah. didn't have the ability to play on multiple platforms. No, right? It was, it was limited just your to mobile. Phone. And they didn't do any real advertising. And if you look at no. Apple, it's the same situation with their Apple TV streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. Like limiting that. Like it's just the Apple stuff seems like that super pretentious attitude that well, people aren't buying, going to buy for a streaming service where they're like, like if I can't watch your shit, you know, where I watch all my other stuff. Right. You know, you think if you have, you know, uh, just a regular streaming box that isn't a Roku or Fire Stick. You know, granted, those are uh, kind of some of the big ones. But, like, if you have another one and all your stuff's there, you're not going to go out and buy another box, you know, just to watch Apple TV, right? Well, and you know what I find the most bizarre about this at the end of the day? Is it's not that they couldn't, and it's... It's, it's just well, they won't. Yeah, well, but and, and it's... <laughs> fucking bizarre because you know what you can get on android apple music yeah exactly so you, uh, you can know. get their music subscription streaming service on android <laughs> but not their video one uh, yeah and maybe that's a case of like they're just waiting for it to get bigger or something but and it's not that they would have to do anything because if it's on a fire tv stick it's android it can compatible run on android. because fire yeah. tv is a fucking android skin yeah, it's yeah. It, that doesn't that doesn't make any it, sense it, to me. It, it, yeah, it's they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot, I think, by not having that stuff in there. You know, yeah, fucking Apple. Anyway, yeah, there's a rant on Apple. Yeah. <laughs> well, moving on. Yeah. Fucking triumphant return of Kevin Bacon. Uh, yeah, and another super weird ass casting choice. Yeah, Machine Gun Kelly. Travis Fimmel, Fimmel in a thriller called One Way. Uh, yeah. I'm not familiar uh, with uh, Travis Fimmel. 
No, me neither. Let me just pull that up on IMDb. But, uh... Oh, that guy. The, uh... Dude in, uh... Oh, shit, that sci-fi movie, or that sci-fi show. Oh. That we both watched. Yeah, the guy from... Raised by Wolves. Yeah. That guy. Okay. Okay, I'm alright. He was decent. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, it's not his fault that that show was a huge pile of shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. But yeah, definitely another odd choice with Machine Gun Kelly, who, like, I know is trying to get into acting. And you know, I, yeah. I gotta say, though, he, he does, I haven't seen, like, a whole lot of uh, stuff from him that would, like, you know, give me an idea about, like, how well he can do as far as range. But there was the show Roadies. Right. That I really liked that he came into in the second season and had a pretty prominent role. And all credit, he did do really well in that role. And he he did really well playing uh, Tommy Lee in the Motley Crue movie on Netflix. Okay. So, I mean, I'll give him that. Like, as I, as far as I can tell, he's, he's decent at acting. Hmm. Yeah, and I haven't, like, I haven't seen him in any of those, so I, I can't really say, like, I... To be honest, I didn't even know he was in either one of those. So when I read this headline, I was like, well, Kevin Bacon thriller. I was like, and then I was like, well, what the fuck is Machine Gun Kelly doing in this? Like, <laughs> he's, he's been in a few. He was also in that movie Nerve. I don't know if you saw that one with Emma Roberts. Nerve. Where it's like you join the the game where you have to do a bunch of like dares and oh, stuff like that for money. I remember seeing stuff for it, but I never watched it. It actually wasn't a bad movie. I quite enjoyed it. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, yeah, like, I think I watched the trailers for that, and I was like, man, that doesn't look good. <laughs> no, I, I, it was one of those movies, there's that one, and there's another one that was, like, an MTV time-traveling movie. Where what? He wasn't in it. Like, I'm only bringing that up. What was the title? Oh. Um, but it was the, it was the soundtrack. Pro Project Almanac, that was, that's the other one I'm thinking of. Oh, I think I've seen that one. Where, like, on their own, they're not phenomenal movies. Right. But they're, like, all right little, like, kind of B-tier movies. Yeah, but... Where it's, like, but the I'm going to throw this on. It's just, it oh. goes so well with the movie that, like, I think I actually ended up watching, like, I watched Nerve once upon a time, and then I think my fiancé wanted to watch it, so we watched it again. But both times I enjoyed it because it was just, like... You know, it was a typical run-of-the-mill fucking movie. It was entertaining at some parts. It's definitely not winning any awards or anything like that. But it had a decent, decent cast to it. Like, Nerve also yeah. has uh, the younger Franco in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's the music. Like, they just timed the music with the scenes and the, the musical selection that they picked for each scene was really well done. And so mm. that's why I liked it. Like, <laughs> it's funny because, like, I always forget what the other one, Project Almanac, is is called but yeah i'm pretty sure i've seen that one yeah but it, again it's a it's like a bunch of kids in high school like a the yeah. dad passes away or goes missing or something and the kid discovers his dad has figured out how to time travel yeah, yeah. so a bunch of these kids just go wild with it but again like not a great movie but it's like a movie that i thoroughly enjoyed and think about rewatching periodically because they their m music selection was just so good yeah, yep, I agree. Yeah, totally like passable little movies. Yeah, like 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 you said, they're not gonna win any awards, but like you're gonna sit down for an hour and a half and be like, eh, that was solid. You know, like that was decent. You know, 
Yeah. Anyway, so I don't know. Uh, they, they, and again, yeah, back to the whole point of this is like Machine Gun Kelly, interesting choice, but I think he could. I think he could pull this off. Like for like a serious thriller, I think this is something that he could do. And I'm always conflicted with him because I like I don't hate Machine Gun Kelly, Machine Gun Kelly, but I feel like I should hate him. <laughs> Fair enough. Like by all accounts, like this is someone that. I should dislike because of his beef with Eminem and Eminem is like the goat when it comes to fucking yeah. rap music. And also the fact that he's dating Megan Fox kind of bothers me for some reason. Fair enough. All right. But I like him, but I, I feel like I shouldn't. I don't know. It's it's weird. I'm always conflicted with him. Uh, yeah. And like, I, I don't really have any feelings one way or the other. Like every once in a while, I'll like... Once in a blue moon, I'll go through like the top fifty or whatever like that, and I'll catch one of his songs, and I'm like, no, that was, that was all right. Oh, you, um, you know what it was? It was his he. Not like not off topic, but kind of like veering a little bit away. I actually he did an interview with Howard Stern like within the last few months. Okay, and that's yeah. what really started to like make me not overly like him. Oh. And it was because the whole time he's doing this interview with Howard Stern, he just kind of like, and granted, like, Howard Stern's on at like eight or nine in the morning, like Eastern time. And he was, because of the pandemic, he was doing like a Zoom or a Skype kind of fucking interview with Howard. So yeah. it would have been like probably six in the morning or something in L.A. Yeah. So he probably just woke up. And, uh, but the whole time he's doing this interview, like Howard's talking to him in like, He's, you know how like you have a conversation with someone and there's like flow, like someone asks you something and you like go into a back and forth. It, it was kind of right. like Howard would ask him a question and say something and he would kind of give like short, brief little responses. And then there's that kind of like awkward silence. And then Howard tries to keep the conversation going. And it's like you can just tell that it's one sided, like one person's trying to go and the other one's just kind of there. Right. Like he wasn't super into doing it, maybe. Yeah, it just, it honestly felt disrespectful. It was kind of like I definitely got the impression where he's like, I'm doing this because I just released my new album and it's part of my publicity and I have to do interviews to promote it. So I'll do it. But I don't care. I don't care about Howard Stern or who he is. And it's like Howard yeah. Stern is a, like in my mind anyway, he's a big fucking deal. Like, yeah, he's kind of like the goat of like those interviews. Like he's been doing it for so long that you're it's like if you're going to go on there like. You kind of want to be there, right? You know, if not, then don't. Oh, yeah. There's many fucking actors that would, like, kill for an opportunity oh, yeah. to get on Howard Stern. Yeah, and like, he doesn't just let anyone on there, right? You know, so it's... Yeah. Yeah. So I just got the impression that Machine Gun Kelly was, like, sitting there doing this interview thinking, like, who the fuck is this Howard guy? Why am I even talking to him? Like, I shouldn't be... Like, I don't need to be here. I don't need this guy. I should, like... It just felt very arrogant. Like, he felt he was above being on the Stern Show when, like, the Stern Show is, like, one of the pinnacles of fucking interviews. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's weird. That I I could see that. Yeah. I could see that bothering you. That's, uh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Fuck. Weird. That being said, though, Kevin Bacon. I love Kevin yeah. Bacon. Yeah, me too. And so it looks like He's going to be playing Machine Gun Kelly's father, I think. You know, going by the synopsis of this. Um, yeah. I'm curious about this. 
I do too. As soon as you throw a thriller tag on it, you have my attention because they're my favorite kind of fucking movies. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you throw Kevin Bacon mixed with thriller, and I get vibes yeah. of uh, that show he did that fucking Fox canceled on me. Oh, yeah, yeah. The following. It, God, what a good right. show. I remember you telling me about that, and then it got canceled, and then I was like, I'm just not going to watch that. I was heartbroken, dude. I was so heartbroken. It was such a good thriller show, man. Yeah, I remember hearing that. Like, people were like, that was a solid show. Why did they cancel it? Because Fox is a bunch of fucking wieners and gonads. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. Kevin Bacon Thriller. I'm excited. Yeah, you had me at Thriller. You won me over with Kevin Bacon. There you go. And then we got uh, Jeremy Irons mm -hmm. doing a Netflix movie. Which is uh, a spy thriller, kind of in the in the late thirties, kind of on the brink of World War Two. This sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, this is definitely be more in a year thing. Like Jeremy Irons. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Jeremy fucking Irons. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the early era of fucking movies, they just don't seem to get me the don't same way. Yeah, and that's fair. Like if those aren't aren't your wheelos, then I could see that. So it's, but uh, this this is checking like all the boxes for me because it's like Jeremy Irons, old school British spy thriller directed by the people that also directed The Crown. It's like yeah, that, that that's on my list. That that kind of just ticked all all of the boxes. Fair enough. So yeah, I'm excited for this. Um, yeah. And I, I think like we've talked, like say what you will about Netflix lately, but I feel like their movies are, are doing pretty good. So yeah, they're definitely getting better. Yeah, so I'm I'm all right with this. Um, I think this is this is cool. I mean, I personally it, uh, would have rather have them take the budget for this movie and put it back into uh, some of the shows they've canceled on me. But yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> uh, that's fair. <laughs> that is totally fair. Um, yeah, but this is, uh, this is cool. Not really much more. This is just kind of announced. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this and I feel like their turnaround time for their movies is pretty quick. Mm -hmm. So it says it's currently shooting and it's planned for a 2021 release. So I feel like maybe we'll get this one sooner than later because it seems like they, and Netflix at least seems to be able to churn out those movies fairly quick. Fair enough. Which is alright by me. Well, speaking of super awesome, super fantastic things that one person would get excited about. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Fucking the creators of South Park, one of the greatest television shows of all time, have a new yep. political satire series where uh, yeah. where in it they use AI generated deep fake technology to plaster <laughs> faces of famous people over other people's bodies. In a show called Sassy Justice. Uh, yeah. Uh, I read this and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I kind of really want to check that out just to see some weird ass fucking deep fakes. The, the fucking first episode's live. I haven't unfortunately had a chance to sit down and watch it yet. But uh, considering it's written by them, like I'm, <laughs> I'm so fucking excited for this. Uh, yeah. Given um, how good... 
um, deep fakes are right now. Um, and given all of the ammunition they have for a political satire right now, I feel like they're this show is gonna fucking go some places. Well, and like just looking at like the kind of like the synopsis and who's who, like the show centers around the ma- a main character named Fred Sassy, who's a local news reporter in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and they use the face the deep fakes thing to put Donald Trump's face on this character. And then they also nice. have other characters, one called the Dialysis King, which uses Mark Zuckerberg's face. And then they nice. do other characters with like Al Gore, Ivanka Trump, Jared Kushner. And <laughs> Kushner's character is his, is, he's apparently a man child in the show. So oh, they nice. like overlay Jared Kushner's face onto like a child's body wearing a diaper. <laughs> nice. So like there's just, like everything about this is just like, yes. Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, yeah, I uh, I might check this out at some point just to see that what this is. Because <laughs> it kind of seems like you read that headline and you're like, what? Like, that's insane. Like, how long till... Someone sues? <laughs> yeah, like how long? In t- like how long is the show up? You know, because like you got to think it's not going to be long, you know, because they're fucking taking famous people's faces and deep faking them in. I can't imagine the show being on long, but I, I bet they know that, and I bet they're just doing it anyway. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure at some point they're going to get some like takedown notices, but I don't think they oh, care. Yeah. I think they're going to run with this as long as they can until they legally can't do it anymore. Uh, yeah. And given the fact that Donald Trump is okay with suing various states around uh, America <laughs> for simply counting ballots, uh, yeah. I imagine it won't be long before he's got a lawsuit in the works against these guys. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. This is, uh, 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 yeah, uh, making a show and deep faking real people's faces into it is fucking insane. And, of course, they're the ones doing it. Yeah, and, fuck, you know their comedy's on point. I mean, uh, yeah, like, for, oh, the, yeah. for anyone out there who, like, doesn't watch South Park, and I, granted, I understand, I know a lot of people who watched South Park in the early days and were like, yeah, this isn't for me. And fair enough, because, like, the early seasons of South Park compared to where they've gone, like, the first 10 seasons versus the last 10 seasons. Yeah. Totally different. Night and day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But their fucking, their use of satire and the way that they, like, will have a ridiculous episode, but it draws complete parallels to what's going on in the world and really makes you, like, Gives you a different perspective to think about things through, like, absurd humor and comedy. Like, there's nothing like it. No. No, they're kind of fucking MLG with that stuff. For sure. They just fucking... They've got it down so good where they can just do it so well, right? You know, so it's... Yeah, you gotta think this is gonna be kind of the same. Mm -hmm. I hope so. I really hope yeah. so. I like I need more stuff from them. Yeah. Like South Park it's is great and all, but like uh, 10, 10 episodes a season, it's not enough for me. And they haven't really done a, a legit movie since Team America, which is another phenomenal movie. Yeah. 
So, like, looking at this, like, it's got this YouTube video in it. Like, is that where they're putting this? It's just straight up on YouTube? I think so. Like, I don't think it's a network thing. Like, I think they're just doing these for fun and to crack jokes at what's going on. And they're Which just would throwing make them sense. up on YouTube. Because I bet if they pitched this to any fucking studio, they'd be like, no, you can't do that. Well, that's the <laughs> thing. is, I, I think that's kind of how they're subverting potential legal challenges right oh maybe if yeah. you do this show with other people's faces and then you sell it to a network and make money off of it then that's a lawsuit where they're you know you could sue and be like oh you're profiting off of my face off of my yeah. identity off of who i am whereas if you're just doing it for fun in your free time and throwing it up on youtube and not making a profit off it then that very well could fall under like fair use right yeah yeah, I don't know what the ins and outs of that, but yeah, that that makes sense. But yeah, I'm I'm curious how long this lasts. Mm, hopefully a while. I have a feeling that they'll do like it'll be a limited run of episodes, and then it'll it'll just be a one off thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Just like here's here's four or five that we did or something, mm -hmm. and then that's it. That makes sense. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. that, that's that's one headline that when I saw it, I was just like, what am I looking at? <laughs> um, that is a, it, like, you just read that and you're just like, what? Like, my first thought was, they can't be allowed to do that, can they? And then I was like, oh, wait, it, it doesn't matter. They're probably just, they, they're going to do it. <laughs> well, I mean, when you think about it, right, if you use someone else's, like, face and likeness for a satirical thing, that does fall under fair use. That's how... Like, SNL can do the skits where Alec Baldwin comes on and pretends to be Trump. Yeah, that is true. The only difference is, instead of doing a bunch of uh, makeup and sa having someone impersonate his voice, you're just straight up Deep mapping face. his face onto yours. <laughs> yeah, which I... And that's where I'm curious if, like, there's different rules with that. I, I have no idea. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, because, I mean, this whole deepfake thing has been around for a couple years now. But that but being now said, it's I don't think there's a lot of uh, precedence in the court system for how that could be used. Yeah, I'm sure you can get into legal trouble if you were using it and actually claiming to be said person. But when you're posing yeah. it as a straight up satirical, and you like, you know, have the message like these aren't the real people. This is AI generated fake stuff, and it's scripted, and like you make it very clear that this is. You know, a satirical yeah. fucking spoof. Yeah. I would I would like to think that that would still fall under fair use. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be curious because, yeah, it'll be interesting, uh, that part of it. Because, um, like, I've seen, like, you see, like, on Reddit and stuff, some gifts where people are like, oh, I deep faked, you know, uh, this into this movie scene. And, like, I've looked at some of them and I'm just like, that, that looks really well done. Like, like, like it's gotten to a point where it's like sometimes you can, like... If you didn't tell someone, you almost wouldn't be able to tell. Like Nicolas Cage as Superman? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. This is cool, though. Yeah, very excited. It's on my list of things to, to start watching this week, so. Uh, yeah, especially it's thinking, like, looking at it, it's like a 15-minute YouTube video. I might, I might check it out just because it's a nice, short, easy watch. Mm-hmm. And then we got uh, good old Zac Efron. Oh, uh, Zac Efron. Doing a survival thriller uh, titled Cold. 
an Australian survival thriller. Yes. I wonder yes. if that has anything to do with the fact that he's living in Australia. <laughs> Probably a lot. Uh, I'm guessing all of it, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's... Uh, yeah, this seems seems cool. Like, it's... Uh, kind of seems like... Um, that other movie that was called Gold with Matthew McConaughey. Never you actually know, watched like, it. It was not bad. It was not bad. I uh, I enjoyed it. Um, but it kind of maybe seems like that kind of thriller type movie where it's like going out in search of kind of some treasure and thriller stuff ensues. Well, again, you throw the thriller tag on it and I, I like Zac Efron. Like... Like, Me especially too. as of late, the stuff that he's been doing and the roles that he's been taking, like, I'm into it. Yeah, me too. Um, It'll be a cold day in hell before you ever get me to watch High School Musical, but... <laughs> Fair enough. Everything else, totally for it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, having kind of like a, a thriller, kind of like in the Australian Outback, I think is, is cool because there's a lot of... It's, it's Australia, like everything can kill you basically, so it's... Yeah, one giant death trap. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, I think this is this is cool. I'm curious what the turnaround time of this is, you know, because it seems like it's maybe a smaller movie. So it's, with him living there, I wonder if they just churn this out super quick. Hopefully, because I mean, I definitely would watch it. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, like it definitely seems like one of those kind of thrillers where it's like you know it's kind of the greed takes over trying to find this you know these gold nuggets and i like those i think those are really good if they're done well mm -hmm. it's looks like they're saying animal kingdom actor anthony hayes which i i've seen some of that show but i don't know who that person is i've He's never seen direct never seen so yeah, he's going to direct and co-star, so that that gives me a little bit of worry, but and we'll see. Yeah, another one of those only time will tell, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, face value. I'm curious to check this out. Uh -huh. And then we see Netflix has picked France to do a test of its first linear offering. Yeah, so it's basically um, channels like Netflix integrating channels into their um, streaming service, basically. Oh, fucking great. So, like, on top of the $20 that Netflix has jacked their price up to lately, I'm going to have to start paying extra for fucking weird channels? Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. Because um, they're, like... It says they're, they're testing this um, in France because they're, like, in France, watching traditional TV remains, like, the most popular. Really? It's there... Yeah, so they're like, um, they're trying out this feature where they're like, hey, we're going to integrate like your kind of traditional over the air TV stuff into Netflix. Um, and yeah, they're, they're kind of, I guess what they're saying is they're, they're trying this new feature in France because that's what people are like mainly watching for entertainment. It's just like we still watch cable. Um, and they're like, well, maybe. They're kind of saying like, "Hey, we're gonna test this out there because maybe you're not in the mood for watching whatever is, you know, on your uh, local TV channels, but you're in the Netflix environment, so you go, hey, what's this show or this movie?' And you just click it, right? And I, I feel like this is gonna be a big flop already, simply based on the fact 
that this article states that in order to watch channels, it's only accessible via the service's web browser. Oh, really? That's it. Okay. So if yeah. watching TV channels or cable or whatever is a big deal in France, mm-hmm. and that's their preferred method of digesting entertainment, I'm willing to bet that most of those people don't have a fucking computer connected to their television. No. So. No. Yeah, that's that's true. It'd be interesting you know, to see how this plays out. But I mean, like, if I'm on the go and I want to watch something, I don't know. I'll, like, open up the Netflix app or Prime or whatever. Yeah. But I think you'd be hard-pressed to get me to go to Netflix.com on a device to watch TV. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious if this... You know, like, what happens with this and if this turns into something, you know, that they offer in other regions. You know, it's not uncommon for you know, services like this to have different uh, kind of features in different regions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I'd be curious if, you know, because Amazon Prime has got kind of not like live channels, but they do have like no, they do. subscription channels. Do they have live channels? Yeah, okay. I, for for the whole, well, up until now, actually, I had a, I paid the $10 extra a month for the Stack TV subscription so I could watch Big Brother oh, okay. live. And you could actually it, hit the channel guide and it would bring up a tv guide because i think with stack oh, okay. tv you would get 15 channels okay and you yep. could actually open up a tv guide and see what's playing right now what's coming up at eight what starts at eight thirty, what starts at nine so on yeah. and so forth and they were it was live television shows it had home and garden television it had a and e it had all the global television treehouse a few okay. other ones and yeah it was live tv okay i didn't know they like I knew they had those channels and everything, but I didn't know it was actual live live TV. Yep. So yeah, maybe this is kind of them trying that out because there's, that. I mean, Amazon's not the first one to to kind of offer that service. You know, there's tons of other things that do that. But yeah, the difference here between Netflix's attempt at this though is I could access that that guide and any of those live channels. Yep. Through anything Prime, including the apps, the web browsers, yeah, all that of is it, true. right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's interesting that they're that it's just that web version. You would you would think that you would want that, you know, in the APIs. Mm-hmm. But hmm. weird. I, yeah. I'm curious if anything comes of this. I just. I thought it was interesting because I was like, oh, that that's uh, an interesting test. Yeah, and I'm definitely intrigued because I'm curious if it does. I, d- I don't think it's going to pan out well considering that it's web browser only. But I'm curious to see like if they do mark it as a success and what that's going to mean for like the North American region. Yeah. And I'm more so curious, like, does this mean it'll be similar to how Prime handles additional television, live television channels in the sense that like, Ten dollars gets you a bundle of these, or can you buy channels individually? Are they included with the subscription? Like so many questions. Yeah, and I wonder if it turns into this is like, like another feature, you know, to get people, you know, to go to Netflix and not Prime, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm real curious how this turns out. Me too. Yeah, and then and it looks then like we got a whole bunch of more fucking pushbacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Surprise, more movie delays. 
Um, yeah, looks like uh, Disney is pushing back uh, Free Guy and Death of the Nile. Don't care about Death in the Nile, but I'm pretty fucking bummed that I have to wait even longer to watch Free Guy. Yeah. The, and the kind of sad part about this is they took both of them off the calendar and they did not give dates um, on when they're coming back. So they basically just said, hey, these aren't these aren't coming out in 2020 and we're not giving a future date. So I wonder if these two end up on the Disney Plus test, being that they are kind of smaller movies. You know, not their big, kind of, I guess, like, tentpole movies. Like, I wonder if these end up getting the Mulan treatment. I hope so. Oh, yeah, me too. I've been waiting for Free Guy ever since I saw the first teaser trailer. I'm like, yes, I'm 100% into this. Yeah, me too. Um, so, like, I, I bet these end up getting the Mulan treatment. Because they're, like, small enough movies that they're probably real good tests. You know, to to put on there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because these probably weren't gonna b- break the box office, you know. But they would have done well, you know. So I bet these, I bet these end up on Disney Plus, which I'm totally all right with. I I hope they do, cause like I said, I can't can't keep fucking waiting anymore. Yeah, me too. So it's, yeah, even more movie delays, which I feel like we're just going to keep hearing. So, yeah. Mm. I think that's pretty much all the fucking news, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Well, so let's get into what you watched. uh, Yeah, so I finished um, that Lovecraft Country show. Uh, That show's real cool. It uh, it goes in some fucking weird ass places, and I totally fucking dig it. It's uh, yeah, it's cool. It uh, it really kind of plays into that like Lovecraft horror, weird fucking monsters and shit, and it it kept getting weird and fucking weirder, and I was like totally digging it. And uh, I finished it off and was like, I totally want to check out. A second season of this, if they do it. It was solid. Yeah? Worth a watch? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's 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 not the greatest HBO show, I don't think. Um, but it's a totally serviceable show that, like, if you're into that kind of weird, kind of horror stuff, weird Lovecraft stuff, check it out. Like, I think you'll like it. Um it's, it's been, I did. It's been in my queue for a while, but I just keep coming across other things that's like, oh, you know what? I kind of want to check this out first. Like, it's something I want to watch, but it just hasn't hit that level of priority for me yet. Yeah, and that's fair. And like, I, I don't think I would say like, throw it to the top of your list. Um, but I think it's one of those like totally serviceable shows where it's like, yeah, if you've got nothing and you're kind of in the mood for that. Eh, check a few episodes out and see if it hits for you. Because um, like I said, I don't think it's like HBO's greatest show ever, but but I think it's a totally solid HBO show that is worth a watch, but maybe not worth like prioritizing, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's good. It, uh, it just kind of hit those, like that level of weirdness that I really dug where I was like, this is totally cool. 
Um, and it's got some solid acting. Dude from The Wire. Um, I can't remember his name. Michael Chiklis? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> the... Oh, God. I can't even remember who he played in The Wire. Anyway. Um, yeah. Like, su- like super solid uh, acting. Like I found where I was like, yeah, that, that's totally good. Um, yeah. And yeah, good set pieces and just a lot of fucking weird ass stuff that I dug. Like it just it keeps stacking on the weird stuff where you're just like, all right, a tentacle came out of that thing that it shouldn't have, but okay. And yeah. Interesting. It, yeah, it was cool. Um, I don't know that I have much more else to say about it or there. And like, if you're kind of into that stuff and check it out, see if it's, if it fits the bill for you, but maybe don't throw it at like the top of your priority list. But Fair yeah. enough. I'm sure I'll get to it eventually. I just, it's a fucking never ending list I'm wading through right now. And a lot of yeah. it is completely dependent on my mood. Like sometimes it's like, okay, yeah. time to tackle the next thing, but I'm really in the mood for a comedy or I'm really in a mood for, you know, like it, it all strictly oh, depends yeah. on how I feel at the time. Oh yeah, totally. I'm the same way. So yeah. And that, that it turned out that show like, cause I think it's been, I've been kind of on and off watching it for a long time. And it was very much one of those shows where I was like, okay, I'm kind of in the mood for some of this weird shit. So like I'll throw on an episode, but it definitely wasn't a thing where I'm like, okay, I can just throw this on anytime. Right. And so kind of, kind of same as what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's the verdict on Lovecraft country. Decent. If you like that weird shit, check it out. Fair enough. I only got two things tackled this week. One being Kay. Supernatural. Okay. Which so I'm only going to provide a brief update on it in the fact that I think we're down to like three episodes left or something to that fact. Come to that tune. And are they still doing the shit that they've been doing? No. They're finally fucking addressing like the main plot. Which like is just thank God. But then just another like this last episode, they pulled, you know, in their typical supernatural fashion without giving away any fucking spoilers. They set it up that they had a plan to do what they were going to do, which involved one of the characters sacrificing themselves. Okay. And the episode prior to this resulted in that person, like, in that sacrifice mode where it's like, okay, they're about to go. Yep. And then this episode they did. Yep. They basically, this character turned themselves into a giant fucking bomb, essentially. So, next episode, they're going to bring him back? No, they brought him back this episode. Same episode. Oh, okay. Same episode, this oh, okay. person <laughs> became a bomb and died. They were brought back. Oh, okay. So, so they I didn't mean, even wait was, till next week. That was super interesting. Uh, yeah. No, Usually, no they wait a week. There. And then they did a mass fucking Avengers-type snap killing where a whole bunch of characters died. Oh. Okay. Which was interesting. Granted, though, almost all of these characters that fucking died and disappeared into dust were characters that were brought back from the dead. Okay. So no harm, no foul there. So d- did they bring those characters back? Not yet. I'm waiting until next, uh, next week's episode, potentially. <laughs> I'm, I won't be surprised if they do come back. We did get to see the return of Felicia Day, though. Oh, right on. Which I is, like her. Which has been a while, so. Yep. I was excited okay. to see her face again, even if it was only for like two minutes of screen time. Yeah, fair enough. 
And then, uh, then we actually lost a fucking character this go round. And okay. I, I, I don't know for sure. Cause I mean, it's supernatural. There's nothing to say that this character doesn't come back. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if somehow this character comes back in like the final episode. But uh, as it sits right now, I this could potentially be the end of this character. So I'm curious to see how that pans out. Yeah, I um, my hope for the end of that show would be that they kind of finally kill some people off, like permanently. You know, m- like kind of give some sort of stakes to the end of that show where it's like, hey, maybe I, I get bringing people back, you know, or, or why they did it, you know, for that. 14 or whatever fucking seasons they have you know for like filling up seasons but I think what would be cool is if they like kind of sealed the deal on some of those fates for the show ending like give them like a, here, here's a bunch of people that died and there's no way to get them back mm-hmm. I think giving some stakes to the end of that show would be decent yeah, and only time will tell. I mean, like, if there really is only, like, three or so episodes left, I mean, wherever we sit at the end of that, that's just kind of how it's going to be. So maybe we do have some permanent deaths finally, but... That'd be nice. But it is supernatural, so again, I have my doubts. Yeah, like, uh, part of me that says that is just like, eh, everyone will come back in the season finale, or the series finale. <laughs> yep, but it's very possible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing you talk about it kind of makes me want to maybe catch up at some point just to kind of see because that at the core of that show I always really loved you mm-hmm. know so yeah. yeah so that's my supernatural update other than that the only thing I managed to watch this week was uh, I finally took the time to watch Guns Akimbo okay yep with uh, Daniel Radcliffe okay so I've never seen it. Um, it's on Prime. Okay. That's where I finally came across it. It's been on okay. my list for a while, though, but that was back when it was supposed to get some sort of limited theatrical run, and it just right. never played anywhere near me, and now it's on Prime. So I was like, oh, cool. I I was All curious right. about this. And it's just one of those stupid, mindless action movies. That you just kind of lie back and shut your brain off? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Like, the plot wasn't anything riveting, and it had a, you know... As soon as the movie starts, you kind of, like, get a feel for exactly how it's going to end. Yep. So, but, I mean, that being said, it was, I don't know, it was, like, a fun ride. Yeah. And, again, there's, like, a bunch of, uh, like, the way they filmed it was really interesting. They do a lot of, like, you know, like, when a, if, like, a camera is kind of, like, mounted to a character and they fall back, but it's, like, still okay. focused on their head. Right. Like that yeah. kind of cinematography. There's like scenes where like the character rolls and when the character rolls, like the camera rolls with the character. Okay. Yep. Like that kind of like, so it makes you feel like you're a little more involved in the action that's happening. Right. Yep. So it was definitely shot interestingly. Yeah. And uh, some of like the, the actual like fight scenes or like, I guess, shootout scenes and stuff were really well done. Just like mindless fucking pow pow like blowing dudes heads off shooting kneecaps out so yep. on so forth and they then they do it really well like right in the beginning of the movie like within the first i don't know 10 minutes or so is like a big shootout scene between one character and kind of like uh a drug dealing gang okay yep and they do it to like a heavy like a, a real heavy metal version of blitzkrieg bop okay 
cool. So like that with in combination with the music, in combination with their like very action centered cinematography, it was it was enjoyable. I I quite okay. enjoyed it. That's that's good to hear because I'm I always like you know those just kind of like turn off your brain mindless action movies because they're like you know like a perfect Friday night movie where it's like I just want to lie back and just fucking watch some shit explode and turn my brain off. Yeah, so. and that that's pretty much all it is. But it, it's also it's it's always interesting to me to see you know like for lack of a better term like big or bigger name actors do these types of movies right because i mean like coming off of harry potter daniel radcliffe was like a superstar right like he he could have gone the traditional hollywood route where you only see him in these like big budget blockbuster movies or go the other hollywood route where you only see him in these like really serious timepiece esque kind of movies that he's going to get a bunch of like award nominations for. But yep. instead he's taken that approach where he's like, I know I can act, but I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing this because I genuinely like it. And therefore yeah. you see him take up these roles that like, you know, like guns akimbo is not going to win any fucking awards. <laughs> like it's no. not getting nominated for anything. No. And you know, it's not going to make a boatload of money off of against whatever their budget is, but it's like yep. a fun fucking, it's just like a fun movie. And like, you can tell yep. that like he took that role because he read it and was like, this sounds fun. Yep. And when an actor takes a role because they are actually interested in it and they're not in it to chase money or awards, then like, yep. you, like, I don't know. Sometimes I definitely feel like I can notice when an actor's in these roles that they're actually having fun and enjoying it, and it kind of shows. Yeah. yeah, it definitely does. And so that's, yeah, that's exactly how that one played out. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So it, it was just a fun, mindless watch. I, I quite enjoyed it, and the way it ended, it's kind of like, oh, there is potential down the road if someone's like, let's do another, you know, spin-off or a continuation of this, we can. Okay. Well, that's always nice then. Yeah. It very very reminiscent of like sh- the movie Shoot 'em Up or like Smoke and Aces. Right. Where it's just like here's here's a fun ride um for an action movie. And yeah. yeah that's cool. I always like those movies. Mhm. And I'm glad that one actually worked out and I'll put it on the list yeah. of like here's a mindless action movie if I need something on a Friday night or something. Yeah. And kudos to Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, he fucking, he did good. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. But that's really all I watched. But I did want to talk about something that I discovered last night that's now, it's been bumped up my uh my list of things to watch. And that's a show called Wayne. Have you heard of this? No. So the synopsis is Wayne, a 16-year-old dirty Harry with a heart of gold sets out on a small two-stroke road bike from Boston to Florida with his new friend Dell to get back the shit-hot 79 Trans Am that was stolen from his father before he died. Huh. So it's yeah, like... I'm yeah, I'm looking it, it up. It sounds a little weird, but I, I read some reviews about it. It popped up in my news feed. Yeah. And it originally came out as a uh, like YouTube original, but now Prime holds the rights to it. Okay. So they've released it. It's only one season right now, and I guess Prime released it now that they own the rights to it to kind of like see if it's popular on their platform, and if it is, then they'll potentially like continue on with it. Right. But apparently it's just like 
super fucking violent. Oh, really? Yeah, like you look at the poster for it and you read the synopsis and you're like, oh, 16-year-old kid, this is interesting. But apparently yeah. this kid is like a, a no-bullshit, like you get in his way and he like beats the shit out of you and it's like violent huh. and it's like in some aspects it's gory and it's just like, yeah. It comes across like it could be some kind of teen drama, but it's actually like a very R-rated serious Kinda. fucking show, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I had never heard of that before, so. And it was the first time I ever heard of it, but as soon as I, like, started reading the reviews on it, it was, like, popping up on a lot of lists of, uh, like, shows that you didn't know exist, but you should be watching. Oh, yeah, yeah. And apparently, like, as far as this one season that is out in the world right now, has been, like, given praise reviews. Oh, really? And I think, I didn't double check, but in the last, like, review I read... Um, it's one of the few shows that is sitting at a 100% Rotten Tomatoes. No shit. That's usually a good sign. Huh. Crazy. I don't know if the whole season or if it's just, uh... That one episode that or whatever. That one episode. Interesting. See, nope, season one. 100% Rotten Tomatoes and a 98% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Huh. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, you like, I, you had my curiosity before, but now you have my yeah. undivided attention. Yeah. If everyone's loving it, then that's usually a good sign that there's something to it. Mm -hmm. So, huh. I'm kind of interested to check that out too now. That's, that seems really real. Uh, that's a premise. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. That's and, all I got. Uh, that's kind of cool that it started as like a YouTube original and then they picked it up kind of like that, uh, the Netflix one. Cobra Kai. Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on there. And then I found out after doing some reading and stuff that like with YouTube getting rid of Google play music and doing YouTube music yeah, and a few other like shifts throughout their like media side of things that mm -hmm. they're not doing YouTube originals anymore. They're like offloading all of that and they're just going to like stick to what they got. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Google's got a, a real good habit of just like killing something overnight and, and just never touching it again. So yeah. Um, yeah. Huh. I'm definitely going to add that to the list. Yeah. It's, it's top priority for me now. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. Other than that, that's, uh, that's really all I got this week. Yeah, that's all I have. The only other thing I watched was sec second episode of Mandalorian, and it's still real fucking good. So, um, not really much to talk about there, other than if you like that show, you pr you're probably watching it. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, kind of slow week all around for us, but yeah. But I mean, yeah. it happens. Is what it is. So. All right. Well, maybe on that note, we should leave her off there. Sounds good. I'll catch you on the next one. Later.